Stage and on the air performance number 760. I am Lisa Sheps on this warm winter day, and I am joined by my co host, Miss Nicole Shiro. Hello. Hola. You are listening to us on KOOP HD1 HD3 Hornsby streaming live as we do on Wednesdays in February. KOOP.org. Hurry, hurry, step right up. Show's about to begin Forget your troubles and raise your cup Step right up, feast your eyes On the wonders of this world Oh yeah When I first saw you It is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. On the show today, we have Trouble Puppet Theater and The Vortex and their show Undark, a radioactive puppet play. And later on, we'll be talking to Communication by Captivation on their show, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And of course, we will have tongue twisters from all over the country and conversation of the news of views of theater around the country. Also, Austin, New York, Chicago, Abilene, and Wisconsin. We'll be back. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you sent it to me, so I I had to play it. I I had no choice but to play it. Tell folks what we're listening to. What is that? But Uh, don't say anything about it other than what it is, because I have to do our opening first. Okay, It's, it's the song Wild from the new musical, like, Water for Elephants. That's true. Water for Elements. Water for Elephants. What? Yes. Water for Elements is what I like to call Elements. it. Elements. Uh, and that was Grant Gustin and Isabel McCullough. Yes, I'm kind of obsessed with her. And he's brand new. Like, yeah. this is his Broadway yeah. he's debut. He's like one year old. Yeah. <laughs> a baby. A uh, Broadway baby. Yeah, but they so, have a few of the songs out. So, hello, Nicole. Hello, Lisa. Uh, we're going to go back and talk about Water for Elephants in a second, <clears throat> but I've got to say hello. Hello. And I've got to thank Kim Simpson for another wonderful international I know. I was bazaar. jamming and uh, waiting before we went on, and I'm like, he always makes me smile with And watch choices. this, Nicole, right at the top of the show. The opinions expressed here on Offstage oh, yes. and on the Air are not necessarily those of co-op, its board of directors, or its staff, or underwriters. It's simply us. Just us. Just state ours. Our, state our gosh darn opinions. We like to do that. And you know what they say about opinions? Well, Yeah, we all have them. them. So uh, <laughs> let's, let's introduce the folks that are sitting with us here. Uh, in all of his glory and energy, we have Connor Hopkins. Hi, Connor. <laughs> He's just making fun of me. I am, indeed. <laughs> He's been jazz-handing frantically in the corner. Con- Connor is extremely tired. Uh, <laughs> so tired, yes. Uh, and uh, here with Connor is Melissa McKnight. Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, well, yeah, that was indeed from Water for Elephants, which just started previews. It did. Uh, we, are, we are up for starting next month. I think we have like 16 or 17 Broadway openings. There was a um, Broadway briefing had a article today about like we are like hot on inundated with shows for spring yeah, and a lot of a, new stuff. Yeah, that and, was a link to a New York Times article. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and it's uh, we've got lots and 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 I'm of mixed emotions about this cuz what we do in on Broadway is it's coming up 
for Tony nominations. Uh, and that happens in, I guess, April, end of April, April beginning of May, believe. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody spring, we'll does, does not... Um, does not feel that the Tony voters have a good memory. So if you open up in July or August, nobody's going to remember that mm-hmm. show. Well, I mean, are they wrong? Well, I know. <laughs> well, I had to, yes, just, and, right? just to bring it locally, I have the same thing. Our musical happens in December, uh, which is the end of our season, but the beginning of most people's seasons. And so B.I. and Payne nominations, by the time they get around to those nominations, it's eight months after our show closed. And so even though our show is amazing, I always think that, that you know, you remember the last thing you saw. You sure do. Are, are sure do. Tonys, are those for music? Tonys or are for Broadway for shows. Emmys. Emmys. Emmys are Emmys. Emmys are TV. Emmys are TV. Yeah. yeah. Tonys are, are for broad, Broadway stuff. Oh, well, you're just joking. I'm just He's joking. quizzing us to make oh sure that God. we know Stop what we're talking it. about. Stop uh, it. Just, just not my wheelhouse. Yeah. So, so anyway, just, that's... Oh, sorry. Nope, sorry. That's that's why the Tonys uh, are these... We have these zillions and zillions of openings. brand new shows. Uh, and one of them is Water for Elephants. Have y'all read the book or seen the movie? I read the book a really long time ago, and I never yeah, I saw read the, book. the movie. So a I read the book ago. and saw the movie, and I actually was pleasantly surprised in the movie. Oh, interesting. I had the opposite. the book. I, I, I didn't think I was going to like it a lot, but I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't, of course, like as right. good as the book, because the book is really good. Um, but I've enjoyed... So then I was on the fence when I saw about this, but all the music they've put out and all of it's the promo, they've mm-hmm. made a lot of assets for this. Ooh. Looks beautiful, and it's really a roots folk sounding. There's a lot of mandolin and oh, fiddles and like steel guitar. Like it's It's earthy, and everything I've heard so far, I actually really enjoy, and I think the logo is brilliant because yeah. when it's in motion... You see, um, like trapeze artists flying, and they fly together to make the outline of the elephant. Oh, I totally gosh. wish we had it's the the beautiful the webcam going right now because you just did a little dance as you as you, you, did, you showed did. that. I was doing the little. They come from each side, and then they fold in. And then, if you really look at the elephant logo, you can see how it is the people. Yeah. So the acrobats, it, it's, it's really kind of cleverly done. Yeah. It, it takes place back during the day. I want I can't, I want to say it's thirties or forties. Uh, back and, during the day. And it's about a guy that literally, you know, runs away to join the circus, mm-hmm. uh, and then falls in love. And then there's an elephant involved and there's some water, There is, yeah. which are interesting enough. The water is for the elephant. <gasps> is it though? Is it? <laughs> is it really? When you really look down to it, uh, it's a metaphor for life. I want to well, run away and join the circus. Me too. I, so uh, you know, the, I, when the, I was a the kid. The person who introduced me to puppetry uh, ran away and joined the circus. Really? Well, my... Okay, that's uh, kind of <clears throat> fantastical. I had a job as a juggler and a fire eater in 1976 and worked with a bunch of people that were all, you know, uh, either circus clowns or whatever and I actually looked into and came very close to to going to clown college yeah oh wow very close I didn't do it obviously I just I was taking some I was taking some classes good enough it's true yeah I was taking some classes at Sky Candy a few years ago and I want to do this like more legitimately but also I'm not really an athlete so going to clown college or like that well clown college (laughs) therein lies my problem in the 
In the seventies, the clown, clowning was very different. It was much less acrobatic, and mm-hmm. it was it was it was really just being a clown. Right. Uh, I think since the and advent of Cirque du Soleil, it's changed quite a bit. Well, I think it still exists, though. You yeah. know, the art of clowning. The seventies version was like was like Chevy Chase, where you just do a lot of cocaine and then fall down a lot. <laughs> which is what which is what I did. I did it very very well. Yeah. Uh, oh my God! What was I going to say? Something, I don't know. I lost the whole Clown thing. Circus. Lost the whole right train away. of thought. Did I derail you? No, you did. I like being derailed. That's okay. one of the. That's one of the best parts about doing this radio show. Uh, we did have some news that I want to talk about. It's interesting uh, about IA IATSE, the State Chance Union, is getting a, a lead into some off Broadway shows. So the Alliance, uh, the Atlantic Theater. Workers voted to join IA. I saw uh, that. Titan- Titanic also. I was about to say Titanic. They, they did not join, but they voted to be able to unionize. I think so. I think um, that is correct. But it's an interesting thing about you know going to off Broadway. Uh, so they had 178 crew members of the Atlantic Theater uh, voted to join. Uh, it's a good amount of people. It's a good amount of people, and I think that. One of the things we need to be clear about, I mean, Off-Broadway back in the day was, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, shooting from the hip kind of theater. Yes. Nowadays, Off-Broadway is much more, it's much more commercial than it it used to be. I mean, the difference, you know, people are like, but it's not Broadway. Well, it won't be because it doesn't have the amount of seats in the house to make it eligible for Broadway. Or or where it physically is. Or where it physically is. But that's really kind of about it if you're looking at the whole production and talent and artistry behind everything. Yeah, there's only so many theaters you can cram into that space. Yes. So So uh, at the Atlantic, they had a 73% turnout, which wish we could do that here in Texas is on a general election. Uh, They had 129 yes votes. Should mention that early voting polls are open right now. Yeah, we'll get there. And only one no vote. So... Okay, wow. but only one, one no vote. I want, I want to, I want to talk to that person. Right, right. Exactly. Who, is, who, is, who is that guy? I do <laughs> want to talk to that person. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to guess that if the numbers are like that, they probably had a very good reason. Whether it's whether it's good or not, uh, or we whether it's have... right or not, is a different story. But uh, but well, they, probably... they stuck to their guns on that, and solo or not. So yeah. there yep. you go. Uh, so that's it. So. We also talked about... But the, yes, you know what else just unionized this week, too, are all the performers at, like, theme parks and amusement parks. They all... Uni- they all... With equity. There's some contract in with them with yeah, equity now. So, really? Yeah, I saw that coming up, and I was like, huh? I'm so mixed emotions about this. This happened when the, the, the strippers... Uh, I forgot where... Were, were being supported by that- joining equity. And I just... I don't know. I... But I think this one is part of actors' equity. That's why I got very confused. I haven't. Well, that's gone... the strippers is part of actors' equity. Yeah, no, I haven't well. been able to really? get down the. Yeah, um, I have not seen that. So we'll rabbit have to... hole just came up. Okay, well, huh. maybe we'll talk about it next week when yeah, you're not. Huh. Oh, you're here next week. Never I am mind. Next week. We'll week talk about it next I'm week. Not. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about Peter Pan, shall we? We just don't talk about that enough. Uh, huh. Well, you know, seventy um, years and still flying. So there's a new uh, production of Peter Pan that is being. Uh, revised by Larissa Fasthorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, they came up to her and said, uh, the producers approached her about adapting a new production of Peter Pan, and she said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, of course, actually, I'm sitting here with Melissa McKnight, who I believe is the director of the only production here in Austin, right? Has there uh, ever been the a production th- here? Of the Thanksgiving play. Thanksgiving play, yeah, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, Which you did other... a great job. If I have never had a chance to tell oh, you, gosh. I thought you did a wonderful job well, with that Well, thank piece. you, thank you. I used a trouble puppet puppet in that show. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Really? Bring it back. Uh, yeah. If only we could it? talk to a trouble puppet person. It was the Native American puppet. Ah, Grey Owl, yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, so uh, the team behind the production assured her that she would be allowed to adapt whatever she needed to do. Mm. So she signed on. It's directed by Lonnie Price, uh, and it's going to open at Baltimore in the Hippodrome Theater uh, two days ago, February 20th, uh, uh, and then go a na- launch a national tour that start in D.C. at the National Theater. Um, Houston already announced it on their season. Mm. Yep. Gosh, I, I'm excited to see what she did mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Because that too. is a problem. I mean, it, if so, you read the book, you read the play, it's, prob- the it's so problematic. <laughs> and the, the B-roll and the um, production images are fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So here it says in this article, which I guess I should note who it is. This is from the Washington Post, written by Celia Wren. Uh, in the article, it says, quote, once she dug into the project... Fast Horse came up with ways to repair the musical's past mistreatment of indigenous themes. For example, her Neverland is a place where threatened indigenous peoples go to preserve their customers. She goes on to say in the article, cultures. Oh, I thought you said customers. You did say customers, but that's okay. (laughs) Sorry, I can't remember. I was like, probably good for their customers as well. (laughs) I wasn't saying anything because I was just like, I do not know what it's done. She uh, also goes on to say in this article that she and Price also focused on building up the characters of Wendy and Tiger Lily, who Price says have previously been wildly undeveloped. Tiger Lily, who's played by Ray Zaragoza, is now the leader of her people, and Wendy, played by Kawa. Kamara uh, aims to be a doctor. Um, so that's uh, cool. The, uh, and then the other thing that I love about this, and we've talked about this on the show I, before. I knew you were going to be excited about this. I'm very excited about this. So Peter Pan has always been paid, played by an, or typically been played mm-hmm. by an adult woman. Uh, this time they are hiring a teenage male-identified actor to play it, and his name is Nolan Almeida. Uh, and there's a picture of it right there. Oh, and there's a picture wow. of him. Oh, wow. That looks great. Yep. The other thing uh, that they've done is they... Too bad y'all can't see this, but yep. it looks amazing. They've set everything that doesn't happen in Wonderland, which always took place in England, into uh, modern-day America instead of Edwardian Britain. So that looks interesting to me. There's so many things about it that have my have me yeah so we may have to we may have to take a uh, uh, field trip to Houston because who knows if it's coming here or not I may know someone who Speak, might be able to help yeah. me with some press seats speaking of that we, uh, we, we are getting the Texas uh, the announcement for the Broadway across Austin uh, next month and we are looking forward to going to that and learning all about what's coming up and hopefully you never know we'll see other things Yes. That we like. So the next thing I want to talk, and I, I hesitate to talk about this because it's going to make her react. And by her, I mean Nicole. And I'm going to say Sutton Foster and see what happens. Well, you want to talk about the article of her doing both shows? Well, that's part of it. But, uh, but so we all know that Sutton Foster and Aaron Tveit had taken over for... Uh, 
What's the Groves the and Annalie Ashford and Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, thank you. Uh, but there was an article by Michael Paulson in the New York Times that talked about how much she's doing and does. She was doing Once Upon a Mattress and getting ready for Sweeney Todd and At then the one was time. closing on like the same day or within 24 hours. She was yeah. one of the... I mean, it's a yeah. little kind she of was, right she closed. Yeah, she closed Mattress and then went into Sweeney Todd, but she was rehearsing Sweeney Todd while she, well, was, she running, was running in uh, Mattress. Once Upon a Mattress. And I mean, because Winifred and Mrs. Lovett are so similar. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's that, but also when you think of really like that equity Broadway schedule and like how many performances that is. And like yes! Well, okay, so I want to talk about that too because this yeah. is the old school person in me comes out when... You know, we we have this this propensity now to allow actors to not perform eight shows a week because we say it's too rough on them. And here we have Sutton Foster doing two demanding roles at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so, I don't know, back don't in know. my day, Ooh. we did all the shows. I don't know. I, oh, back in my day. I also used to do, like, six to ten shows a year. Sure. And then, like, the older I get, the more I'm just like, I oh. cannot do that Tell anymore. Tell me, I just, <laughs> I'm just coming off of directing my third show in a row, and I'm done. I'm taking the rest of the year off. Yep. Uh, but uh, Talk to her what, in a month, February? just FYI. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so in this article, he says, quote, plenty of people hold, hold down two jobs at once. The repertory companies in which actors perform a rotating selection of shows. I don't know if anybody's done one week stock. Uh, there are Broadway yes. stars who spend offstage hours filming television shows. And 40 years ago, we talk about this a lot. Cynthia Nixon, uh, while still a teenager, spent three months performing two Broadway plays at the same time. Dashing from one theater to another. Yeah. And that was a, there was an article about that Recently, several years ago. Because, well, yeah. it was several years ago. We talked about how she did that. And uh, I believe she was, she, she was back doing something. Yeah. Um, but I just wonder, like, it's, the thought goes through my head, like what, uh, like her agent thinks about this, and like if there's ten percent of all that. Yeah. Well, I yeah. Think. Any any special conversations like with <laughs> Equity about like not, you know, overworking yours. I don't know. <laughs> you well, know? I'm sure that I. It, that's an interesting point, though, because when you have an Equity contract, it's by a show. Mm-hmm. So in theory. You could just. You could I could do be doing two show. shows at the same time and be working sixteen hours a day. I want. That's a really good point, Melissa. I'm wondering if yeah. Equity says you can't do. You know, you still got to stay within the rest periods and the time of work, even if you're doing multiple shows. I don't. I don't. Because, know. I don't know the because the that. Equity contracts yeah. are by show. I'm going to say they figured person. out some sort of solution since it's happening. But also, she's doing it specific but. to Sutton Foster. She's got those two shows. She also is working on two concerts at the same time. Yeah, I was about to say we have to add the concerts Mm -hmm. at the same time yeah uh so i am a big sutton foster fan and i just rewatched bunheads bunheads is so great which is so good and did you see did you get the article i sent you right there into kelly bishop into kelly bishop uh, who is writing a memoir. And she's writing a memoir. It's called The Third Gilmore Girls. And Kelly Bishop is the mom from The Gilmore Girls. But most famously, Kelly Bishop is the original Sheila from the original course line. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, Although, depending on what, what group of people you're speaking to, most famously, she's probably Gilmore Girls. <laughs> but in the theater community, most famously, Before, she's from yes, course which line. Which is why we're talking yeah. about her. But she's writing um, a novel talking about... Um, she had a, a really fantastic Broadway career, but starting off like in covering Sheila and Course Line, and she was a whole part of that workshop when things happen. It's very fascinating yeah. life, all the way up to being the third Gilmore Girl. 
Um, she said, I'm 76 and I thought it was time to write it down. I have some good stories. Cause like she's been in the room where it happened on some really cool stuff. That's yeah, right. That's so true. I'm excited about, uh, I'm excited about that. Memoir. Me too. So here's the deal. The third Gilmore girl. That's what it's called. Yep. Third Gilmore girl. Kelly Bishop. Kelly Bishop. <laughs> Get it in your local bookstore. I guess I don't know um, when it comes out. I forget. Hey, uh, we don't have time to talk about any of our other stuff, uh, but you can get links to what we were going to talk about at offstageonair.com. Uh, I do want to point out that I did not say this, but if you want to see the video of Grant Gustin and Isabel McCalla singing uh, that song for Water for Elephants, go to offstageonair.com. Dot com and there is a link uh, to the YouTube where that is. And then you'll go down the YouTube hole of all the videos on there. It's really <laughs> <Yep>. good. <laughs> uh, there's some wonderful things that we were going to talk about around Devil's Wears Prada, which I really wanted to talk about. Oh, the casting already. The, can we just say Vanessa Williams? Vanessa Williams. Ooh. Brilliant casting. Amazing. Amanda, uh, Miranda Priestly for yep. Devil Wears Prada Musical. Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, is coming up with yeah, uh, with Christian Borle. You're not Bor- excited about no, that? No, I'm excited. Oh God, bye yes. Bye Birdie isn't really my favorite musical. Like, it just gets, but I love Christian Borle. But here's one thing I do want to talk about that I've been meaning to talk about. It's been on the thing, on our little script for a couple of weeks and I never get time to talk about it. There's no article, but it is uh, during the pandemic and right around the pandemic, uh, rights organizations were giving streaming rights pretty handily. Mm. And uh, and we thought that was going to continue. And my theater, Ground Floor Theater, I don't know whether you guys are still doing it over at the Vortex, we uh, we want to stream everything, at least one performance. So and for the an accessi- Theater does it. For accessibility. accessibility yeah, there's a lot yeah. of theaters. It's smart. And, and well, then- but, but they're not. But now Concord Theatricals has told me they're never giving out streaming rights again. I mean, not at least to us. Uh, and Dramatist Guild has said the same thing to us. Uh, and so we're now no longer able to stream the um, those shows that that are fall in that purview. Fall in the, in the yeah. purview, and it makes right. me sad. And and it and it, I see it. I see it. I see their point in really just one place, which is you know for. They want to be able to control the quality of what gets out nationally, mm-hmm. and they have no quality over the work that I'm doing in my theater. Well, right. I mean, or you they could have argue no the same thing of you want to control the quality of it live; it's still live. Like so, it, right? There's it, less. There's in theory the, the quality of think, the stream or the if, quality of the performance. What are you saying? The quality of they want to control the qua- quality of the stream. We're back. I think well, yeah. quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the quality of the stream. I think is a big deal because that can really turn people off. But at the same time, I would think that if you follow certain guidelines like, like make keeping it guidelines. um you know paywall protected yes. and you're only doing it live and, and it's live. not like What's, what is the problem i know you could exactly. do it geocache yeah. to certain things yeah. especially if like there's no equity or anything involved yeah. you know like and that just it, it angers me because that's something that we are really happy to do we you know we have we got you have the capability we to have the capabilities to do it now space. and it's just it's it saddens me that that right. we I uh, can't do that anymore. But so yeah. I, I think uh, ours at the Vortex, our circumstances are different for the most part because we're doing original right. work. Original and so works, we're working yeah. out these kinds of deals directly with the playwright or the and that's just it. Yeah. Why can't they work out an amendment to a contract like with the they deal it. in it? They already it. did like, it. They, right? That's exactly. why. That's what's upsetting. They had already done. They had all this oh, stuff in place, mm. and they had you know when I when, don't like it when you go through the the major publishing houses. For instance, when we when we uh, 
stream things that we are controlling through our people. We stream it through YouTube mm-hmm. uh, on a private link. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you do it through, when, when we have done it through the agencies, they say you have to do it through Broadway HD or you have to, they put strict controls on the streaming company that puts it out to do exactly what you were saying, Nicole. So why can't they continue to do that? Yeah. And, and uh, so. that's very, that that's very frustrating. It makes me sad is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Because accessibility is huge. It and, is huge. You know, uh, it is huge. And that's part of what, I mean, I know it's, it's part of what we do. It's part of what the Vortex But does. what's interesting about it is in the film industry, film festivals have really kept on a small digital virtual component even though like with the pandemic ending everything went virtual all the film festivals and figuring that out some of them are geocached certain films make their own thing but all these festivals still have a smaller it's a pared down yeah groups of but there's a virtual component that's still happening that is continuing right i feel like there's there's a um there's a point at which artificially reducing accessibility like you're creating a false scarcity of supply and that eventually that comes back to bite you because eventually people are just like okay well that's not a thing i can yeah participate in and so they they stop trying yeah. really and i just i just don't understand it's disappointing and it does it cool. does not cannibalize anything else no. a, and that that has been proved by you know the the pro tapes of Hamilton and other things it has not hurt the Hamilton's box office on Broadway at all if anything no. it's just like I really loved that I want to see it live exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right well I'm glad we got that figured out I'm glad y'all agree with me I would yes. miss it finished yeah okay uh so the last thing we'll talk about just because we're gonna play some um music from it is encores which is going to two week runs this year instead of one week runs i know and they're doing jelly's last jam uh didn't they do it do it do it or done it yeah they did it they did it anyway i thought that Okay. I, I, I think they did, but they're filming it and they're going to broadcast it. Anyway, so either they did it or they didn't. It, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but let's just go and listen to uh, a song from it as we leave. Uh, and the song we're listening to is In My Day. Uh, this was done by the original Gregory Hines, who also did the show with Savion Gubler. But this is In My Day, Gregory Hines. We'll be right back. I'm telling you. We are back. You are listening to Offstage and On Air with Elisa and Nicole. We've had such a great conversation with Connor Connor and Melissa. We're going to switch gears and talk about why they're uh, really here. Uh, And that is for Trouble Puppet Theaters and the Vortex's Undark, a radioactive puppet play. So uh, once again, I thought it was because there were snacks. (laughs) I came for the snacks. That's why I came. No, no food in the studio. Sorry, no food in the studio. (laughs) But if there are snacks right down the hall, we're getting ready for our membership drive. Uh, Reintroduce uh, Connor Hopkins, the artistic director of Trouble Puppet Theater Company, uh, and Melissa McKnight. I'm the managing director. Yeah, at the, every at the single Vortex. time, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to write it down yep, next yep. time of the Vortex. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> so also, this is a, I feel like managing director of like not just the Vortex, but also kind of of Trouble Puppet and also probably like six other things. Six others, like, yeah. Because that's just kind of how Melissa McKnight rolls. Is so like, I just love the idea of a radioactive stuff. puppet play. Uh, Connor, tell us about this show. What is it? Well, uh, 
people may be familiar with the story of the Radium Girls. They are yes. uh, American workers in the 19-teens who uh, got jobs painting um, watch dials, faces. compasses, watch faces, things like that with this luminous paint. And it was a huge advantage for the United States forces in, in World War I. Um, but then obviously carried on as the aviation industry took off and we had luminous dials. No pun intended. Sorry. I'm just going to keep going with that. Ha, 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 ha. No. Um, yeah. So anyway, these, these women uh, had these, these jobs that were just, you know, on so many levels, they, 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 elevated them and paid them more than they had ever been paid before. They got respect because they were contributing to the war effort. Like the whole, the whole nine yards, the whole job was, uh, I, I, I want to call it seductive yeah. Yeah. because what it did was it, 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 it lured them into a, uh, an industry that was killing them because the paint had radium in it and they were instructed by their bosses to point the brushes these very fine-tipped brushes, they were instructed to point them with their mouths, with their mouths. use their lips to do yeah. that. And, and the, jobs, the job was killing them. And so, you know, it had to have all of these, all of these perks that went along with it to keep you in, in, in that. Um, anyway, it's because of them, we now have OSHA. We now have occupational uh, safety and health regulations that just didn't exist before. Um, and, you know, this, this, this show for me is, um, it's a lot of what, I don't know. It's a lot of what trouble puppet is about for me is it's, it's the little, the little anarchist in my heart that's <laughs> struggling with the Democrat in my brain. It's, it's like where I'm just like, but we do need regulations. I don't yeah. want us to need regulations, but we do. And yeah. if we didn't have them, then companies would be poisoning us all. So does this show tell the story of the Radium Girls? It does. Okay. And we use uh, a lot of shadow puppetry, which uh -huh. is perfect for this. I was like, because, that so, seems so perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's shadow puppetry, uh, some tabletop puppetry, which is typically uh, could take about three people to move one of those puppets. But sometimes we design them to be uh, operated by fewer people. Um, Your puppets are always so amazing. They're so beautiful and intricate, and I just, I just love looking at them. That's uh, it's the thing that I love about puppetry is that it is the it's the 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 junction of art and and engineering, and those <laughs> are two things that I love very much. And putting them together is it just makes me happy. Yeah. Well, the thing I like about engineering is the hat. Because mm. <laughs> I would only Overalls be an engineer if I could wear That's the hat. It? That's, That's right. the only That's reason right. why. Yep. 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 Get on board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Melissa, what is your role in this uh, in this show? Uh, I'm a performer. I'm also helping make a lot of the shadow puppets. Um, I'll be helping uh, with the tabletop puppet making i'm sure <laughs> um yeah and well, this I, is looking at me like what else are you going to make me do <laughs> there are knives there are power tools involved. <laughs> um, <laughs> and i suppose i'm i'm also assistant directing mm -hmm. as well i would you know? yes i would yeah. say that that is a well-earned title <laughs> well uh, that, that's a lot that is amazing how many puppeteers will you be working with on this show there are, are four of us okay 
Yeah, four of us. Can you share the other two? Yes. Uh, so I'm just presuming that Connor is one of them. I as well. No, you're not. No. Can you oh. can you share the other three? Uh, yes, uh, Catherine Collette, uh, Aileen Adler, and Oscar Bryan. Excellent. I will okay. tell you that she did that without notes. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my Come on. Sometimes my brain works. My mind sometimes. doesn't I'm work. I'm glad you were answering that because I would have just been like, wait, uh, it's. Uh, 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 we're so, very tired. <laughs> So we were uh, we were talking before the show goes on. Uh, this is is not a device piece. You have written this. Is this already written? Or are you writing it as your? It's creating? an original. It's an original piece. Trouble Puppet. We on, we only do original stuff. We don't. We right, don't but ever you, produce it, other people's plays. Is so, it all done? Has that part been was done? It are you when still? You came in are you or still? You, you mean have I finished writing the script? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Now that we're in Tech Week. Yes, that's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone so, that knows yeah. Connor knows the answer is no. <laughs> no, for like uh, 95%. It's, it's, it's real you know. close. Yeah. It's okay. real 95%. close. Excellent. It's real close to being done. Yeah, well, that... Uh, That's the excitement. <laughs> the thrill. That's what keeps us all on our toes. Yeah. So, you just never know. That is amazing. So oftentimes when we have... Obviously, we have the puppets that are being manipulated by puppeteers. Uh, are there any human characters or human uh, characters yes hmm. there are there are characters in the show and this is kind of a um, I don't want to say standard for Trouble Puppet but a lot of the time we do a lot of, of shows that are about history and labor history in particular mm-hmm. and a lot of the time we have um, humans in the roles of the bosses uh, and uh-huh. puppets in the roles of workers because in so many respects, workers are just treated like parts of a machine, Correct. like tools that are used to do a thing and then discarded when they get worn out. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of the operational metaphor that we work with, is it? Humans, humans, uh, the only parts that humans play in our shows is uh, as tyrants, <laughs> I guess would well, be the right word. And an interesting know. little twist, too. I think, you know, we've got some of our human puppet operators that become caretakers. That and, is true. We're, do, we're, we're leaning and, into that. And mourners. In this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? And watch. It's, You're softening, it's, it's Connor. It's been an interesting thing to see, to see the, the puppeteers sort of caring for the puppets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of actually interesting because you don't, you know, yeah. Do you find as you're doing these these pieces? I know that we did. I I, I personally have not worked with a lot of puppets until last year, uh, and Connor actually helped us do a puppet. And I found that I really started to bond with the puppet so much so that I could not get rid of it at the end. I say, is that a normal occurrence? And is it happening in this show? Do you bond with the puppets? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you fall in love with. It's quirky little personality and the the way its head might be a little bit off kilter and, you know, the little things that its arm yeah. does sometimes, yeah. uh-huh. you know? <laughs> and the, th- the thing about puppets is that um, they are, they are, um, they're fragile and they're, mm. and they're frail in a way that... Um, like, you know, as a human being watching them, that they, they could be broken. Um, sure. And so I think it is one of the things that really draws people in, and it, 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 it grabs your heart when you watch them because they are vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that lends itself to this story so well because there is such um, kind of a horrific effect that the radiation has on the human body that you can't... I, with human bodies really portray, right. but with puppet bodies, not legally. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you only get one show when you do it that's with exactly. the human being. <laughs> but oh with my. puppets and shadow puppets, you can you can really use that to your advantage. Wonderful. So is this a uh, is this done in one act? Is there an intermission? No intermission. No intermission. <laughs> Wonderful. Ah. Uh, we, we are liking those more and more. We, we, we've had a few combos on that recently. Great. When do you open? The 29th. Thursday okay. the 29th. And play for how long? It's, it's leap day. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say it is leap day. <laughs> we get an extra day. My, my cousin's this, actual this birthday. for Trouble Puppet is we're just going to do a show every leap day. Every, every, every leap day. day. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, we close on March 16th. Excellent. And where can go where can go folks to get more information? Where can folks go to get more information? They can get tickets at vortexrep.org. That's lovely. And if you go to the Trouble Puppet website, troublepuppet.com, there's I believe there's a a, a link on that, that website. The that there is, I can the Vortex uh, box office. I yep. can I can attest to that. So what's playing underneath us right now is a little piece of music that you sent me from this from this That's show. So cool. uh, can you tell folks what this music is and that we're going to hear as we go to break? Uh, Connor, do you want to? I'll say uh, it's Aileen Adler, who is also one of the puppeteers, mm-hmm. is a theremin artist. Oh my! So the theremin uh, is so. F- Crazy it is cool. so cool, and she's the coolest. And uh, she, this is original music by Aileen. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for being on the show. Uh, and we will go out listening to a little bit of this theremin music. Uh, that was Connor Hopkins and Melissa McKnight of Trouble Puppet and The Vortex. Production of Undark, a radioactive puppet play, playing the 29th of this month through March 16th. For more information, you may go to TroublePuppet.com or VortexRep.org. We will be right back. And we are back. You're listening to Offstage and on the Air with Lisa and Nicole. We are here. That was that was really fun. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring that music back in right now again. It's, I love. The, it's such a crazy instrument. It is. It's just it's 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 crazy and spooky and weird and it's and fun. if you watch someone play it, it's it's mind bending kind of stuff. I suggest if anyone's interested, you can Google theremin. See yeah, and you'll what it and looks you'll like see it. It's, it's great on, on a bunch of different levels. It is uh, wonderful. Let's talk about what's going on locally. Uh, we have uh, the Early Era Collective. I actually wanted to get them on the show, but there just wasn't enough room. Well, so I promised them I would talk about it. Well, let's uh, talk. They've got a show called Say That. Uh, and it opens on the February 22nd, which I believe is tomorrow at the Darty Arts Center. Uh, it is. Uh, Nine choreographers, 18 dancers, spoken word, uh, and it is co-produced by Stephanie Patrick and Daniel Broxton. Uh, And it says this, Say That is a high-energy dance culmination of various contemporary and street styles, a taste of Austin's vibrant dance community in honor of Black History Month. Say That especially celebrates hip-hop and street culture. Um, This looks like a lot of fun. And here's some pictures. I'll show everybody. Excellent. So that's, uh, that's, uh, where oh, where do people get for more information? Lisa? I actually, I actually wrote it here, I believe. Early era collective.org. 
Dun, dun. And before we go on, while we're still talking about local, let's just let uh, people know we, we've switched uh, people here in the theater. Uh, so in case they want to talk, I want to make sure people know who they are. Uh, we have John Rogers. Hi, John. Yeah, you know what? I'm turning your microphone. Say that again. Hey, Lisa. Uh, and we have Sean Thamia. Tima, but there's no way to know that. Tima, there was no it. way to know that. Yeah, and thanks we didn't for talk us. before the show. And we have somebody else here. Who's that? This is our co-producer, Jen, who's going to take some uh, photos. Of Jen, that's say right hello on that microphone right there. Hey, everyone. How's it going? I'm Jennifer Messina. Okay, Jennifer Messina. Nobody can answer you when you ask them that. <laughs> Just so you know, it's radio. Uh, okay. Uh, so what's the, uh, hold on. I got too many pieces of paper here. I didn't staple anything. You're going back to uh, now. Yeah. I just also wanted to say that, uh, UTNT, the new theater thing at university of Texas, mm-hmm. uh, is happening March 3rd through the 11th. Uh, and it looks like all sorts of fun. I actually, uh, have stuff on my computer, which I did not have open to say what the shows they're doing, but this is a new theater festival, uh, new it's not a new theater festival. It's a new theater festival. Got it. Oh, my gosh. That was hard. Uh, and some of the titles that are happening, this is for new playwrights. Uh, Tiny Fingerprints by Jaimez Sanchez, I think is what I it is. I think you are correct. It's directed by uh, Adam Flores. Uh, and we have Murky as Hell, written and directed by Andrea L. Hart. Uh, and then, uh, oh, who cannot like this show, whatever it is, Jinkies, exclamation point, or The Dog Play, directed <laughs> by Thomas Turner, directed, uh, written by uh, Josiah Thomas Turner, directed by Braxton Ray. Uh, and I think there's probably more, but that's what I got. Yeah. You can get information. The best way to do that, because it's so hard to find UT things, just Google uh, UTNT. Uh, you could help them by saying University of Texas, but that'll get you there. Uh, other things that are open or opening, uh, Fresh Squeezed Opera by One Ounce Opera is February 23rd through March 3rd. Uh, the Little Mermaid at Zach Theater uh, is playing now through the 3rd as well. The Great Comet, which is all I'm going to say, is at Zach <laughs> through the 3rd as well. Um, and Little then, Mermaid just extended. Oh, good. Yep. To what? Do you know? Um, March 1st, April 3rd, somewhere around there. Okay. A couple weeks. It's extended. That's uh, Hans Christian Andersen. It's the Hans Christian Andersen one, yeah. yeah. As opposed to the other one. The Disney one. It's not that. Oh, they're not the same story? They're the same story, but they're not the same. There's no oh, Sebastian that? and oh, all that. Okay. Got it. Mermaid, I see. The Hans I Christian see why Anderson. we say that. Okay. So it's the so original. You can't, go, you can't go see this one at Zach and expect to hear Kiss the Girl. Nope. Okay, good. We got that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Fancy meeting me here. Leanne Webster's one person show uh, is tomorrow night. Tomorrow night only at the Rosette Theater. Twilight, the Twilight of the Golds is still playing through the 25th. Always a Boy at Ground Floor Theater plays through the 2nd. Uh, I don't know what this is all about. Glenn Gary, <laughs> Glenn Ross by Communication by Captivation. We're going to be talking to them a little bit later. Uh, is opening tomorrow through the 25th. Uh, Red is at ACC through the 3rd. Oh, no. It opens on the 23rd, plays through March 3rd. And then 
Uh, Barney Carey gets his wings at the Austin Scottish Rite, plays through the 10th of March. And finally, let's get right into Today in Theater History because I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about not only Glenn Gary, but Glenn Ross as well. I hear you. I want to talk about them both. Yes. Uh, Today in Theater History. Let's see if I can find it. What happened, Lisa? Uh, Well, we have... What happened on this day? What do you want to do? Birthdays or openings? Let's go opening. Openings. Lost in Yonkers. Oh, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Uh, 1991. I think, um, wasn't uh, Matthew Broderick in that originally? I believe so. Did he do all of them? I think he did. Um, Didn't Jonathan Silverman like do all of them too, besides movie stuff? Perhaps. I think so. I don't Uh, know. Maybe not. Elaine Stritch at Liberty. Uh, played at the Neil Simon Theater I have talked about her like five times in the last 24 hours. Wowza. Yeah. There you go. Maybe it's because I knew she was live at the Liberty. That's a great album, by the way. They recorded uh, Elaine Stritch live at the Liberty. So listen, well, who, who doesn't love Just Elaine Stritch? Just letting you know. Zip! Uh, and then the Actually, revival yeah. of Sunny in the Park with George. Always in the park with George. George. Uh, uh, the 2008 revival at Studio 54. Yes, yeah, so who's uh, in that one? I didn't go to I don't it. remember. I did go to the original one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I didn't. You know, as, 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 as people know... That OG. listen to the show. Not my favorite show. No, and the second act should show. not exist. But that's okay. I love me some Bernadette Peter, so <laughs> yeah, that made it all better. Uh, birthdays. Christine Ebersol. Oh, I like her. Time Daly. Oh, and she got, she's going to be okay. She's going to be she's okay. She's getting out of the hospital, yep. so like, go time. Andrea Burns. Okay. Titus Burgess. Oh, this is a this Quite is a, a great group. Oh, it keeps going. It keeps getting Keep, better. Give it to me, Lisa. Rue McClanahan. Oh, Rue. Wait, that's not all. Alan Rickman. Really? Who you love. I do. I did. Isn't he passed? Is he gone? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and Corbin. Yeah, I was like, you're looking at me and I'm like, um, and yeah, Corbin a couple Blue. years now. Corbin. Yeah, I could do Corbin that, Blue. Corbin. Oh, I thought you might like But him. you know what? Happy birthday, dude. Happy birthday. Uh, and that's it. Let's listen to Christine Ebersaw from War Paint. Oh. Oh, that uh, was the, the ladies of the makeup. Yep, singing pink. We'll be right back. Okay. Pink. Is that my only claim to We fame? are back. You are listening to Offstage and on the Air with Lisa and Nicole. Uh, oh my God, what a jam pack. We're going to just jump, run right into it because we're going to run it. out of time. Uh, so we have here in the uh, studio with us uh, John Rogers. Hi, John. Hey. Sean Tima. Hi, Lisa. Did I say it right? Yes. God, dog it. That's good. I didn't. Uh, and then uh, Jennifer Messina. Hey, thanks for having me here. Great. And y'all are all with, don't tell me. Hold on. I'm going to read it. Um, I didn't actually put it in the right place. Communication by Captivation. And you've got Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and John, you were directing it. Uh, I'm actually not no, directing No, no, you're song. directing Sean it. Is. You are the producer and founder of Communication by Captivation. Yep. And Jennifer, you're one of the producers then as well. You're also one of the founders? Absolutely. We Absolutely. actually all went to high school together, so... Well, who didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what that means. Uh, Sean, tell us about the show, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, by my favorite playwright, David Mamet. <laughs> Absolutely. I say that with sarcasm. <laughs> sure. So David based this show off of his own experiences working in real estate in, I believe, the 70s. And so it's a raw show. Uh, a note that's interesting about Glenn Gary is there is a clause in anyone who does the show that the cost of a talkback after Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, if you stay, you held the audience and you talked about the show, 
That'll cost you twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, he, David Mamet doesn't like a talkback. Yes, I know. Well, you know, I would do that too. Yeah. And I can speculate. Maybe it's because he doesn't want us to wax too poetic or think too hard about the deeper meaning of the show. What I can tell you, what I think the show is truly about. At the end of the day, in a few words, testosterone, <laughs> the reality of working uh, in a you know bottom of the barrel type workplace. You know, the extent to which people will go to win. Uh, the concept of fairness. Uh, John, what else does the show mean to you, would you say? Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's definitely a show that just show what people will do when they are pushed to their limits. Um, it really does kind of break this reality that we often try to live in that, you know, it is not a dog-eat-dog world and that we're all just trying to get the best for ourselves. Yeah. It is not a dog-eat-dog world? It is not a oh, dog-eat-dog world. Interesting. You're saying that's the illusion people have and this play uh, challenges that? Is that what you mean to say? Well, yeah, what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is that it breaks the reality that oh, you know okay. we're all on the same team. <laughs> Got yeah. it. And Got desperation it. and greed. Those are the other two words that come to mind for me about this play. Yeah, this this play is, is very intense, and it's not supposed to be a show where you walk away saying... Those characters were great. I yeah. feel inspired by them. <laughs> no. In fact, you want to leave saying like, "Now I know what not to do." Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think that's pretty well known, and that goes all the way through the uh, satires done on Saturday Night Live of the same kinds of shows. They did a a, a Christmas. I remember seeing that. Yes. Glenn yep. Gary mm. with the with somebody coming <laughs> in. It was uh, what's his name. Uh, um, who played Trump? What was his name? Alec Baldwin. Oh, Alec. Alec Baldwin came yes. in and he was the uh, whatever. So tell us about the characters in it. I don't care who. Yeah, so you've got three sets of pairs. You've got Williamson and Levine, right? Levine is the old salesman. He is the one who's trying to reclaim his glory days. He's the one who's trying to stay alive. And he's, I think, in the biggest point of desperation in this show. He's begging the manager, Williamson, to please give him the good leads, right? Give him another shot. He can prove he's on the top again. That's scene one. Scene two, you've got Moss and Aranow. Moss is pushed to his limits. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to rebel. I'm going to do something, right? I think somebody should rob the office. And Aranow is his, uh, what do you call it? His lackey, his dog, if you will, his, his follower. You could call him his intern. That's kind of hor- how we're interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they set the stage for, you know, who broke into the office. And then you got Ricky Roma. Ricky Roma's <laughs> at the top of the board. He is the number one salesman. Uh, not necessarily in good faith, though, in terms of how he goes about it, being the top salesman. And he's got his patsy, James Link, somebody who he, you know, lack of a better term, seduces into a sale. That's act one. Act two is all in the office, and it shows the dynamics of these characters interacting with each other and the mayhem that ensues from there. Uh, and we've also yeah. got John, not only as the producer, not only as our tech director, but also playing Balin, uh, the okay. policeman in Act Two. That is true. I get. Like, do you have an Irish I, accent? I do not have an oh, Irish accent, it. but I do have ten whole lines. Oh, good. <laughs> um, well, you know there yeah. are no small parts. Exactly. But uh, one thing that I thought about when Sean was talking is that um, I think in a lot of our jobs we find that you know uh, just in our society we have a lot of big corporations with money trickling down into these smaller little pockets and everyone just needs to find a way to survive in those kind of environments and it's it's i mean we we could say it's it's uh, it's an anti-capitalistic you know 
kind of perspective on things, but I think it does show just like the system and how everyone just tries to not go nuts in the system. Right. And you have to work within the system. Anybody yeah. that's worked in corporate life has got a, an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I currently work at a charter. The school, grind. So I, can, I can definitely relate to this. <laughs> Excellent. So, well, I have a question, uh, just generally speaking, it could be for all of you or, or one of you. Uh, Communication by Captivation is a relatively new company here in Austin, Texas. Why this show? Why right now? Sure. Actually, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, so Communication by Captivation has been kind of just this name that I put all my creative projects uh, mm-hmm. under ever since like I got out of high school, uh, whatever it is. We have an animation uh, set up that we do mostly virtually. We have uh, we, we have produced theater in the past. And last year, uh, I had moved to Austin, Texas. And one of the first shows that we Which did Which is where was- we are. Yes, yes, that we are here, yes. Just saying. Last I checked, yes. Um, And uh, I directed and produced Frank's Life, which was a show, it was uh, what the Truman Show was based off of. Mm -hmm. And Sean and Jen here have just been, it's it's weird trying to find a group of people who will work for very little uh, to no pay. (laughs) And, you know, just that we enjoy working together, we enjoy captivating, and we enjoy communicating. So when it comes to Sean and Jen, like, they're the first people that I want to help out. And uh, this is Sean. Uh, Sean's a directorial debut, and Mazel I'm. Tov. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm. I was like, all right, Sean, you helped me with my play. Now it's time for yours. What do you want to do? I'm all in. Tell me what you need from me. So, Sean, you chose this piece for this. Yes. Time. And one final note on CBC, at least to tie that loop. When we were off the air, I think Jen mentioned we all went to high school. That was not a metaphor. We all went to high school in New Hampshire and trickled down to Texas. Jen lives all over the place. You know, army folk, uh, they live everywhere every week. Uh, But I chose this play because I, at one point in my life, uh, lived out of my suitcase. I was driving interstate business meetings, doing deals. And came across this play, I'd you know, seen the movie a long time ago, came across this play on Audible, uh, found it you know, a fascinating listen, given that my workplace and my line of work was somewhat related, you know, somewhat toxic in its own ways, similar. So you were out there selling widgets. You could say that. You I could just say did. That. Yes. So yes, I was selling widgets at the time, and uh, I was just fascinated by how a straight play could sound so much like a record, like a musical. You know, there is a musicality to each character. And early on in our development of this production, you know, we had assessed, okay, what instrument is each character, right? This is more than just jerks screaming at, at each it. other. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a song in and of itself, a symphony, if you will. And I was just fascinated by how that sounded. I also just, you know, given my own experiences working and given how it lays out, you know, the, the worst that we can become. It, it shines light on how bad we can be as folks, how out of integrity we can get. And I think that's a story worth telling, if nothing else is a cautionary tale. So yeah. I jumped right in. Awesome. Well, we're just about out of time. So tell folks you're just playing this weekend. That's correct. Uh, limited run, four nights only. And the dates are? Tomorrow, February 22nd, Friday, February 23rd, Saturday, February 24th, all those shows are at 7.30, Sunday, February 25th at 2 p.m., all shows are at Trinity Street Playhouse, which is the fourth floor of the First Baptist Church. Wonderful. And where can folks go to get more information? They can get more information at cbc.simpleticks.com. Okay. Or you could just Google Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Austin, and you'll get there as well. That's it. 
Uh, and you also have a Facebook page, which is where I found most of my information. Well, uh, awesome. I'm really happy to have had y'all yeah, on. thank you for coming uh, on I today. will tell folks this. If you've not, I've always say this whenever we do talk about Trinity. Uh, you could be scared because of parking, but parking is never a problem. No, it's uh, a neat So don't space. let parking scare you out of going. Uh, so that's just my little, my little piece of information. Best wishes on the show. Yes. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you very much. Awesome. Let's see if I can get these names right. That was John Rogers, Sean Tamia, and Jennifer Messina. Reading my own writing. uh, From (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy to do. From uh, Communication by Captivation, production of Glenn Gary at Glenn Ross, the 22nd to the 25th at Trinity Street Theater. And we're going to go out with the the song ABC from How Now, Down Joe's. We'll be right back. The market is a ticker, a slender piece of tape. We are back. That was uh, the folks from Captivation by Communication and their show, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I'm Lisa Sheps, and who are you? I'm Nicole. Nicole Shiro. You're Nicole Shiro. We uh, we love Nicole Shiro, and um, hold on, I was double tasking, and you know you can't really do You're that. You're allowed to do that. Uh, so we did it. This this show is over. Uh, we are standing by for. Uh, the Austin Cooperative Hour this week. It's Racism on the Levels with Stacey Frazier. Uh, and uh, we will be back next week at our membership drive. Yes. Uh, we have so much fun on membership drive, so get those wallets ready. And come back and visit us next week when we look at what's happening off stage and on the air. Uh, and this is from the new show, The Gospel According to Heather. Yes. <laughs> and this is called Raise Your Hand. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Raise your hand.